Welcome to the Christ Academy podcast with Jeff Wong, where you'll receive inspiring ideas and stories as we explore the journey of faith in Christ. As we have gone through the book of Luke, and then now we're in the book of Acts, we went through chapter one last week, and then now we're in chapter two. And just to a reminder or setting the context if you're just joining us now the disciples the followers of Jesus uh, once Jesus ascended he told them to wait in Jerusalem don't leave don't leave Jerusalem and go back to Galilee Jesus was crucified in that area of Jerusalem so he asked them to stay and to wait wait for a gift that God the Father was going to send after Jesus would leave and so the disciples they were waiting. The disciples, disciples just means a student, a follower. And so the followers of Jesus, the students of Jesus, they were waiting in Jerusalem and they were together. They're praying and worshiping together, etc. In the, in a, in a, in the, what's called an upper room. And it was in that moment that they began to experience something powerful. And that's what we're going to get into Acts, in Acts 2 today. And so today I've entitled my message, Secret Sauce. And I don't know about you, but there's certain sauces which I just love. I could eat some sauces. I don't even I, I don't even know why I use the word eat, but I can I can consume some sauces just for the sauce, nothing else, just just as is. Let me tell you about a couple. But before that, I remember watching that that YouTube show called Hot Ones. I don't know if any of you guys have have watched that, but if you if you have, you know what I'm talking about. If you're here participating live during the filming of this, you can type in the chat on the Church Online platform, which is at live, which is live.more12.org. Type in, uh, if you know what I'm talking about, for Hot Ones, yes, I watched that show or whatever. But the concept of it is uh, the host brings in these famous guests and they have, they 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 eat a, uh, a wing that has with a dab of hot sauce and they go through different hot sauces progressively getting to the hottest one and you see you see what people are like when they're panicking and when their brain's not working completely well and there's no pretense and they're suffering and so it's 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 a, just a super fun show to watch post malone's been on there um who else is, they even had puss in boots there <laughs> the character kate hudson Israel Adesanya from the UFC, um, MMA fighter, if you don't know him, James Corden, the TV host, and a whole bunch of others. There's just endless people that, uh, Kate Blanchett, the actor, and and so forth, Kid Cudi, and it's, I don't know about you, if you like hot sauce, I know some of you guys love hot sauce, but for me, I have my favorite hot sauce, and I don't, I mean, if someone asked me if I like spicy, I mean, I like spicy. But there's some spiciness that I just I don't I do not like. Szechuan, Sichuan, Szechuan, depending how you pronounce it. I don't like those peppery, like spiciness that leaves like your your tongue feeling numb. I don't really like that. But there's another type of chili that I really really like, and it's in a sauce. It's called sambal ulik, and it's I don't know if it comes from Thailand or or some place like that, but. It's uh, in a clear jar, very bright red with the chilies, with a green cap, almost like sriracha, but it's better. Garlicky, um, savory, just so much taste. I can just take a spoon of that and just eat it. It's spicy, but it just tastes so good. 
it's that's my secret sauce i love that sauce if i have dumplings chinese dumplings i mean i put some soy sauce some red wine vinegar and a little soy sauce dish and i put quite a bit of sambal ulek chili sauce and i just love it it's just mm, beautiful beautiful sauce there's another sauce I like for different stuff. Um, whenever we have tacos in the Wong household, um, we use Maria, Marie Sharp's hot sauce. It's from Belize, and it's just, it tastes so awesome. It does something, it releases endorphins or something. It's just something about it. It's just so, so good. And uh, and we really love using that sauce. It's not, that's a secret sauce for us when it comes to our, um, our tacos. And... In this household, like my wife, she loves ketchup. She can't get enough of ketchup. Sometimes I'm wondering, like, is ketchup the condiment or is the other part of the meal the condiment? Because she loves ketchup so much. But um, all kinds of sauces, things that you love, things that, things that I love that make something better. Today we're going to talk about the secret sauce from a spiritual point of view. But before that, I want to I want to hear what you have to say when it comes to your favorite sauces and condiments. Let's hear what you have to say. For those of you guys that are participating live, open up a different browser window and go to menti.com and then type in the code 7721 slash 4000. And I'll do the same thing. So let's go to menti. Once again, menti.com. And we have a Mentimeter set up for you. And then type in that code, that code that's on the screen seven seven two one four thousand so i'm going to type mine in two seven seven one four thousand did i get that right no seven what is it here seven seven two one four thousand seven seven two one four thousand i'm in so type in what are your favorite sauces and condiments so I'm going to type in Sambal Ulek, and hopefully I spelt it right. And if some of you guys like that too, you can spell that. Some of you guys might like Sriracha, or you like might be huge on mustard. I like mustard a lot on my on my hot dog. So type in, what is it that you like? What are your secret sauces, um, your favorite sauces and favorite condiments? And begin, you could submit more than one. So hoisin, someone loves hoist, like Chinese hoisin sauce. Someone loves mayo. I like that. Reminds me. I like garlic mayo. We, sometimes we make a garlic mayo. What do we use Wong family garlic mayo for? We sometimes we we cut up steak that we just that we made that's left over. And we make we make a steak sandwich with garlic mayo in it, and it's just so delicious. Peri peri. Oh yeah, we love peri. We love peri peri sauce too, and uh, that's so good. I'm gonna say peri peri too. I forgot about that. I don't need. You realize we at the Wong household we we love so many different sauces. Ketchup's that's hovering there as number one on the screen. We got QP may mayo. Whatever what is that? Type that in the chat. I have no idea what that is. Oyster sauce. That's a it's very Chinese soy sauce, hoisin sauce, sriracha, wasabi is good. Fish sauce, that's really great with Vietnamese cuisine and Thai cuisine. Olive oil, oh, olive oil is great. And um, yeah, and people are putting in barbecue sauces. There's certain barbecue sauces that are so good. There's lots of sugar in it though. Uh, that's probably what makes it so good. But um, all kinds of different sauces that all of us are into. 
And ketchup seems to be number one. Peri-peri is number two. Maybe garlic mayo. This seems like the Wong household here. Um, got a lot of got soy sauce and oyster sauce, you know, etc. Um, I don't know if someone just put in another one. I don't know which is the new one right there. Um, saute sauce. Oh man, saute sauce is so good. Would you consider? What about peanut butter? That's a condiment, right? Is that a condiment? It's not a sauce, but it's a condiment. So. All kinds of sauces here that you guys love. Maddie says peanut butter is more of a spread. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Okay. Let's go to the next question that I have for us. Let me just, let me actually lead us that way on the screen. I got the participant screen up, but not the host screen up. Okay. Cool. Okay, so Maddie says, read the Worcestershire, the, the word, Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce, Worcestershire, is that a tongue twister? Worcestershire, 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 okay, that's a good one. Okay, let's go to the next slide, if you want, you can keep typing there. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the secret sauce, and we'll talk about that more. But I want you to take a, you guys to have a guess. What percentage of self-identified Christians would you guess believe in the Holy Spirit? What percentage of self-identified Christians would you guess believe in the Holy Spirit? So click the go to the next slide button, and then you can begin to guess what that percentage might be. Because we're all about the Holy Spirit in this in this particular chapter. So type in what percentage you think that might be. Of course, if you don't know about this kind of stuff, the Holy Spirit, um, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That makes up the triune God, like three, three parts, the Trinity. And so the Holy Spirit. And of course, there's that option. Where's that? There was another option. I think uh, if you don't know what the Holy, what or who the Holy Spirit is. Okay, so so far of the people who are participating live and who, who participated in this, we uh, the majority of you said 41 to 60 percent. Others said 21 to 40 percent. Some said 61 to 80. Some said zero to 20 percent. We're all over the board. We have no, <laughs> as a community, we're like guessing. Virtually every option except for 81 to 100%, I think, right? Is that right? 20, 40, 40, 60. Okay, yeah. Well, it's really, really interesting. I mean, the Holy Spirit is such an important part of the Christian life, an important part of our theology, our understanding of God. Theology is just the study of God. And the whole, like I said, the Holy Spirit is so important plays such an important role. And in Acts, I mean, the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of what Jesus promised. And so let me give you the actual the actual stat. Of self-identified Christians, 58% contend that the Holy Spirit is not real. It's not a real living being, but is merely a symbol. 58% don't believe um, that the Holy Spirit is real. So that means that 42%, whoever guessed within that range, 42% 
believe in the Holy Spirit as he really is. And this sort, the, this stat comes from the Cultural uh, Research Center at Arizona Christian University. But isn't that crazy that of uh, that that so many Christians? This is a stat from the U.S. of uh, in regards to Christians in the U.S. Maybe I should say, isn't it so crazy that fifty-eight percent of U.S. Christians don't understand or believe in the Holy Spirit as a real living being? They just see the Holy Spirit as a symbol. Some of them might see it as a as an energy or a force. That's crazy. That's crazy. And because because of that, they're missing out. They're missing out because they don't understand. And so the Holy Spirit is so important to what we do. I know in the church that I grew up in, it was kind of a fundamentalist Baptist church, and we didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit a whole lot, and we didn't utilize the resource that the Holy Spirit is in our lives very much. The Holy Spirit, of course, was interacting with us, but we we didn't know very much of it. It wasn't until I got to a Pentecostal church, our family went to a Pentecostal church, that I started to understand the Holy Spirit a lot more. And there is power in the Holy Spirit, and we read about that in Acts 2. And so today, as we head into the Scripture, let's go to chapter 2. And we'll start from verse 1 to 4. And then I'm going to cover, I'm going to draw a point that I want to talk about. And then we're going to go to the second part of that scripture, uh, a different set of verses within this chapter. And then I'll draw another point, and then we're going to conclude. So Acts 2, 1 to 4 in the voice translation. Feel free to read this out loud with me. Once again, there's value and power in reading the living word of God out loud, internalizing it, that it come through you. So, when the holy day of Pentecost came, 50 days after Passover, they were gathered together in one place. And guys, this is the upper room that we were singing about. Verse 2. Picture yourself among the disciples. A sound roars from the sky without warning. Pause for a second. I remember when when I, we were mentioning this in the, in the community gathering, when I met my wife Lil, Lillian, at Prairie Bible College in Three Hills, Alberta, I remember we were experiencing um, Chinooks. They were called where 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 temperatures from north up north would come down to to that part of the province, and uh, we would hear these roar the roar of wind and and as it was moving around and everything. And that's what this reminds me of. So picture yourself among the disciples. A, a sound roars from the sky without warning. So the disciples they were. Um, there were something like 120 of them, I believe, if I'm in, from chapter 1. If I'm wrong with that number, someone correct me in the chat. But about 120 students of Jesus were in that upper room and just waiting, waiting as, they, as Jesus instructed them to do. And so a roar from the sky starts coming about, a roar of a violent wind. The whole house uh, where you're gathered reverberates with the sound. I remember last night our, um, our tenant was having his last day with us in our suite, our rental suite. And he had his friends over, and he, he requested if he could play loud music, and he was playing loud music. And even though I'm, I'm on, he's on the first floor and I'm on the third floor, I could hear the bass reverberating like through the house, like vibrating through the house, and others could hear that too. It was this, if you go back to the, the first century here, you, the whole house... Uh, where they were gathered was reverberating with the sound of the, of the, of the wind. Then in verse 3, let's read together. Then a flame appears, dividing, so one big flame, dividing into smaller flames and spreading from one person to the next person to the next to the next to the next. 
all the people present were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in languages they've never spoken as the Holy Spirit empowers them. This is what happens. This is what happened there after Jesus' ascension and as the believers waited in Jerusalem and they waited in that upper room. And the song we sang was saying, Make me this upper room, God. So this upper room where the Holy Spirit comes in power. And so it, in the Gospels, we saw the Holy Spirit represented by a dove. As, the, in, in the, as Jesus was being uh, baptized by water, we see the dove come, like, coming and representing the Holy Spirit. And so here we see the Holy Spirit in the form of a flame, a fire, tongues of fire coming on the believers. And so we have this powerful, powerful, powerful moment. And then all of a sudden, if you continue to read, all of a sudden, like Simon, even before Simon Peter, people were watching these people. And then as these 120 people started to speak in all these languages. And if you you remember verse 1 up here, it says that the people had arrived for Pentecost. It was a festival. It was a festival that came 50 days after the Passover. And Pentecost was meant to celebrate the transition from the barley harvest to the wheat harvest. It was also something to commemorate, um, something that happened with Moses in the Old Testament. And so people were here coming from different cities, coming all to Jerusalem to celebrate this Pentecost festival. And you had people coming from all their different regions, and they had their own homeland languages, but they still spoke Hebrew. But what we see here is the students of Jesus, the followers of Jesus are experiencing the Holy Spirit and they just start bursting out in languages that they, they never learned, they didn't know. They start speaking, it's like if you had someone from China, then then someone would just start bursting out in Mandarin even though they're not Chinese and they never learned Mandarin. It was just a powerful moment. How could this happen? And then someone from with a different language would hear someone else speaking in a different language and a different language and a different language and so forth. And it was just an amazing, amazing, powerful moment. And they were speaking out they were in, in this, these foreign languages, speaking out powerful things about God. And um, and oh, it's just it's an incredible, powerful moment at that time. Let me look up a different translation here for a second. I just thought of uh, this might be valuable for us to see. I'm going to look at the English Standard Version. And um, and it says, um, let me. And suddenly, verse two. And suddenly, they came from heaven. Uh, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared on them and rested on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered. They're puzzled because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all those who are speaking Galileans? Remember the, the, the followers of Jesus? They were from the region of Galilee. And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, 
Egypt, and parts of Libya along, uh, belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and um, Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongue the mighty works of God. Can you imagine if you're one of them, we're disciples of Jesus, we're followers of Jesus, or some of you guys are exploring Jesus, but those of you guys that are followers of Jesus, you, you'd be in that upper room with them. You'd be waiting for this thing that Jesus talked about, that a gift would come, and yet you were just to wait and not not leave Jerusalem yet. And so you're waiting, and then and then the wind starts filling up the room, a, a, a roar, and you can hear the reverberation through the house, and it's so powerful, and you see this fire it divides and comes on each person, rests on each person like tongues of fire, and the people start, people you know start bursting out in languages that they don't know, and it's all happening at the same time, and people thinking, like, these guys are crazy. What's going on right here? What's going on right now? And what they're uttering in these foreign languages are the, about the mighty works of God. Can you can you imagine that you've never learned Mandarin or you've never you never learned um, Arabic and you're speaking out the po- powerful, mighty things of God? God is this. God has done this. He's like this. You don't even know what you're saying, but it's coming out. It's coming out, spewing out of your mouth, and people are understanding and they're being amazed. Verse fourteen. It says, "But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them." So Simon Peter. If you watch The Chosen, if you can imagine someone like that standing up and he starts to address them, everyone, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And it says in the last days, this is a, he's quoting the prophecy in the book of Joel in the Old Testament. And in the last days it shall be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Guys, that means that both male and female would begin to prophesy. Not just men. Not just older men. But even young sons and daughters. And your young men shall see visions. They'll receive visions from God. You can pray for these things, guys. And your old men shall dream dreams. If you're senior, God will still give you something. Even on my male servants and female servants, even the people who are servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and you shall prophesy. Meaning you'll receive a word from God that's for now, forthtelling, or a word from God for the future, forthtelling. And I will show you I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. God's going to do powerful things, he's saying, in the book of Joel. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the second coming of the Lord. They didn't know if it was a second coming back then, but we know now. And the the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, who is Jesus, we know now, shall be saved. So he continues on. He says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, meaning Jesus born in Nazareth, the small town of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus, he's saying, 
Jesus, this Messiah is Jesus. He delivered up according to the definitive um the the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, losing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it, to be held by death. And he quotes David for David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me. David maybe a two thousand years before prophesied this in the Psalms, I believe. I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad, my tongue rejoiced, my flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let my or let your holy one see corruption. You may you have made known to me the paths of life. You will make full of gladness with your presence. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. And so he calls on people to believe on Jesus. The fisherman gets up and by the power of the Holy Spirit, who's also comes had also come upon Simon Peter, he starts talking. He's in faith, he just in excitement, he just starts talking and God uses him. The Lord speaks through him and he quotes Psalms, um, he quotes David again later in the chapter. This is a powerful, powerful, powerful moment. And we read about it here. And we get to experience it together here. And so, today what God is saying to us is that He's suggesting to us that, that for some of us, we may not have been operating in, in the Holy Spirit. Maybe we're operating in a pre-Holy Spirit mode. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to come in our lives. And that power of the Holy Spirit is that secret sauce when it comes to the spiritual life. And it comes from God. God is the secret sauce. The Holy Spirit specifically is the secret sauce from God for us to live a powerful and fulfilling and fruitful and impacting life. It's not just based on you being inspired from something that you read or even just based on knowledge that you attain from the Bible or from other sources. But God is giving you the Holy Spirit. God wants to give you the Holy Spirit, which is the secret sauce to living the life that he plans for us. We need this secret sauce. In the same way that sambal ulek just tastes so incredibly good with gar- with the garlicky taste and the savory taste and it makes food taste better, at least to my tongue. It might be like ketchup for some of you. It may be it may be like an like like soy sauce or wasabi, whatever it is that is your secret sauce or condiment that you love for all of us. We all have one secret sauce when it comes to following Jesus, and that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the secret sauce that Jesus promised that makes the spiritual life taste better, makes the spiritual life more alive, and makes the spiritual life work like never before. And we need the secret sauce of the Holy Spirit of God. And in this chapter, we see what we call what we call a baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not a baptism of water. And Simon Peter goes on to explain that. You may have been baptized by water for the forgiveness of sins, but you need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit of God. And there's something so incredibly powerful for that. You will start to receive insights and see things that you never saw before. 
You start to understand things at a deeper level. Your spiritual eyes begin to be open more. Your spiritual ears are open more. Your heart is open more. Your mind is open more because you have the secret sauce from God, the Holy Spirit. And so we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray for us to receive that, for those of us that haven't. And for those of us that have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to remind us that we need, to rem- we need that empowering of the Holy Spirit. For some of us, God has given us the gift of tongues, a spiritual prayer language, which is meant to edify or build up yourself. You don't even know what you're praying, but what Paul calls the tongues of angels, a heavenly prayer language just comes out, and you just pray this to God, and you feel this fulfillment inside and this, this connection with God, even though you don't even know what you're saying, and that's meant for you in private. Some of you... After receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you might have received the other kind of gift of tongues where you speak out something that's meant to edify or build up other people in public. And some of you have the gift of interpreting tongues. And so you might, you're supposed to work with the person who has this type of gift of tongues so that you can interpret what's being said so that it can build up the body. It doesn't just sound like a gong and it doesn't become a gong show. But you need, the, whatever it is, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. And you start to operate at a different level. That is the secret sauce that we all need. Whether you're receiving the Holy Spirit for the first time or if you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, but you need you need to remember to operate that way and not neglect the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is the secret sauce from God. Let's go to the next chapter. Let's go to the next section of the scripture. Acts 2 verses 37 to 39. So later on in the chapter, read this out with me. When the people heard this, their hearts were pierced. And they said to Peter and his fellow apostles, Pilgrims or brothers, that's what the pilgrims said, the people who are coming to the city for the, for the Feast of Pentecost, says, Our brothers, what should we do? They want to know how are they supposed to respond to this, to what Peter, Simon Peter shared with them. And in verse 38, Peter said this, Reconsider your lives. Change your direction. Participate in the ceremonial washing of baptism in the name of Jesus God's anointed. Pause for a second. Some of you guys have never been baptized. You haven't gone through the ceremonial washing of baptism. If you're a follower of Jesus, you need to get baptized. You need to get baptized. There's no messing around. You need to get baptized. It's a, it's a sign. It's a sign of being forgiven from sin. It even says, "Then the liberating king, um, sorry, in this participate participate in the ceremonial washing of baptism in the name of Jesus, God's anointed, the liberating king, the king that frees us." Then your sins will be forgiven and the gift of the Holy Spirit will be yours. In some cultures, guys, they don't take you seriously if you say you're a Christian until you prove it by getting baptized. They'll ask you. If you say you're Christian, they'll say, are you baptized? And if you're not, they're like, this guy's not serious. He's not a real Christian. You got to get baptized as a Christian. It's like putting a ring on it. It's showing that you are a follower, a student of Jesus wholeheartedly. And then you can receive the Holy Spirit. For the Holy for the promise of the Spirit is in you, is for you, for your children, 
and all people. This is meant for all people, guys. Even those considered outsiders or outcasts, those who are not Jews like me, like many of you. And the Lord our God invites everyone to come to him. And so there's one thing I want to point out about this. Simon Peter talks about a change of direction. Another word for that is repentance. Sometimes We sometimes use that as spiritual language, but what is repentance? Repentance simply is a change of direction. The other day I was driving down the street and I missed my turn. And so I had to, I had to keep going and I had to look for a place to do a U-turn. And Google Maps said that I could go to the end of this street and then do a U-turn at, at the light. I trusted Google Maps and I hope I didn't break the law. I didn't see a U-turn sign, but I wasn't there that for, I wasn't there for that long. But I did a U-turn so that I could get back in the right direction. That's what it, that's what repentance is. It's a change of direction. And so, some of us we need to repent. If we're a follower of Jesus, how can you follow Jesus when Jesus is walking over there, but you're walking over there? You're distracted by the bright lights, or you're distracted by this sexiness, or you're distracted by this thing that you want to achieve, or you're distracted by this pain, you're distracted by this trauma, whatever it might be. But we need to make a change of direction, a U-turn, if you will. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you need to follow Jesus. Some of you guys, I just feel like you got to stop calling yourself Christian. It's not because it's wrong. It's because you don't... You, you got to start calling yourself a follower of Jesus or a student of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, it makes sense that you would actually follow Jesus. You got to start seeing yourself as a follower of Jesus. Even the word Christian actually means like a mini Christ. It's a, you're a representation of Christ or people get an essence of Christ when they get an essence of you. And for some of us, people get no essence of Christ because we demonstrate nothing to them. But we need to make a turn around. We need to take that steering wheel and turn, slow down, take that steering wheel, steering wheel and make a change of direction. That's repentance. Simon Peter is calling people in Acts 2 to repent, to turn around, to do a U-turn. And God is saying the same thing to you. Some of us, we need to do a U-turn in the way that we speak. Some of us need to do a U-turn in the, thing, in the way that we use our eyes, what we allow our eyes to see. This garbage, this trash, this evil, this wickedness is not meant for the eyes of a follower of Christ. It could be that certain people that you associate with, there's such bad influences on, on you. And you're letting them influence you more then Jesus influences you because you're following them and you're not following Jesus. You need to make a U-turn. It's not that you're not meant to be with them necessarily. In some cases, you're not. But sometimes you're meant to be with people so you can love them and influence them, not for them to drag you off and you be influenced by them. You need to make a U-turn and follow Jesus. Our lives are a continual repentance, a continual turn and getting on the right path. You know, when I'm driving on the highway, and, and it's the same for you, we have, this, we have the steering wheel and the car is steady. But if you can imagine our lives, the steering wheel is not steady and it's going on and off and you, you keep getting off the road and you've got to keep bringing yourself back on there. That's what life is like, the spiritual life. We've got to continually be bringing ourselves back, making the change of direction and getting back on the path following Jesus as a Jesus follower. 
a disciple, a student of Jesus. That's what we are. We're disciples. We're students of Jesus following him. He's ahead. We keep our eyes on him. We learn about him. We have a relationship with him that we foster. We get close to him so that we talk with him and we hear him. And then we follow along and he leads us in the right path. And then we get a distraction. We go off path and we need to get back on with a change of direction. This is what Simon Peter is calling us to do. And some of you guys need a severe change of direction. The way that you treat people. How you see your finances. The little amount of faith that you might have. Your lack of being a witness telling people about Jesus. Whatever it is the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about inside. And it may be something different than a different example than I just mentioned. But the Holy Spirit is speaking right now. And we need to respond with a change of direction. And so today as we encounter Acts 2 as we engage with what the Holy Spirit did, as the Holy Spirit came as a fulfillment of the promise of God, we need to take this seriously. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives because the Holy Spirit is that secret sauce that we need. Along with that, we need to make a U-turn. We need to make a change of direction. And today is a call to each one of us to get on that path and to be a follower of Jesus. So I want to pray for us right now. I want to pray for us that we would get on that path and I want to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you have never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit or if you're not sure and you want me to pray for you, put your hands up like this and I'm going to pray for you right now. Some of you guys did this at the Monday Life Group already and that's great. Um, if you want even more of the Holy Spirit in some way, you could put your hands up too in, in a, and, and look up to heaven in a gesture of wanting from God. And I'm going to pray for you. For those of you guys that have had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you've walked away and strayed away, I want to pray for you too. And then for those of you guys that know you need repentance, put up your hands to receive God too. Anyone who needs something from God in any of the ways I described, put your hands up like this and look to heaven. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you are powerful. God, you're powerful. Jesus, you're powerful. Holy Spirit, you are so powerful and we need you in our lives. Thank you that you are the promise. You are the promise that we need to live a powerful, fulfilling, fruitful, impactful, and inspired life. And so for those of us that are wanting the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. We call on you in Jesus' name to come down in power like tongues of fire to settle on each one of us that is ready for you right now. Honor this request. Fulfill this promise. Come in power so that this day onwards we would never be the same again. And so for those people that want it for the first time, come right now in power, Holy Spirit. We call on you. May they never read scripture in the same way. May their eyes be open to new revelation at a deep level. May they have the courage to speak like never before. May they have spiritual gifts like they've never had before and be able to use them in power. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for this upper room moment. For those of us that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and have forgotten about the Holy Spirit, or straight away, we call on you, God, to receive us back. I don't know if some of us have strayed away so far. We're like a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. But now's the time to come back, to make that turn, and to come back to God. Thank God receive us. We know that you love us so much, more than we'll ever know. And we know that we need you so much. So receive us back. Receive us back, Lord. And reactivate the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you, God. For those of us, God, that are making a U-turn, a change of direction in true repentance, thank you for speaking to us today. We truly want to turn around and be following Jesus. Not only do we want to see him face to face, we want to see the back of his head because we're following him faithfully. So help us to do that. Give us the strength. Give us the endurance because we know it's a long run to follow Jesus. And forgive us for straying away the times we have sinned. Clear the slate, God, so that it's a fresh start. Thank you, Lord. Make our lives that upper room. That upper room, God. In the powerful name of Jesus, we together pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Let's have a moment just silence with the music playing. In this holy moment. power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that you've received the power of the Holy Spirit. Rely on that Holy Spirit. He 
Rely on his power in your lives. Look for people that have needs. Go love on them. Go encourage them. Go speak to them. God has so much in store for us this season. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. It's going to be powerful, guys.